Welcome, Kings, to this edition of the Not Your Daddy Sports Betting Podcast and live stream presented by Sportfolio Kings, the future of plus EV sports betting research, where we leverage fundamental handicapping, data science, and Wall Street style portfolio management principles to help make you a sharper, more informed better. So let's talk about some Rams football. Let's look back at 2020, uh, evaluate what we saw and what we can bring forward maybe into 2021. Uh, so as we headed into to last year, Vegas estimated wins for the Rams was uh, pretty pedestrian, eight and a half wins. So expectations were lower. They certainly exceeded those. Uh, they finished the year at 10 and six. So outperforming by one and a half games from an ATS perspective, they finished the season nine and seven. So underperformed their overall straight up record, but still, you know, a strong performance ATS. Average margin of victory was approximately five points. Mm. Uh, so some pretty decisive victories. Average cover, only about a point. Realized strength of schedule was seventh. So not a super easy schedule last year and still went 10 and six of course we know that you know previewing the nfc west one of the most difficult kind of that's pretty consensus one of the most difficult divisions in all football pretty much every team from top to bottom is is eligible to make the playoffs eligible to win the division even um so when we're looking at this chart again this this chart for those who who can see it we're going to be talking a little bit about how the Rams performed over the course of 2020 on a week by week basis relative to market expectations using the super contest pick data as a proxy for those market expectations. And in this chart, blue bars indicate a spread win, uh, a gold bar uh, demonstrates a, a spread loss. And, you know, trying to look at this, trying to elicit any sort of signal from it. And I just want to quickly preview another one of our strategies that we've talked about in some past previews, which was, again, this, this butthurt phenomenon, this butthurt strategy, which has been essentially, again, saying uh, uh, the market piles in into supporting a team in a particular week. Everyone thinks they're going to win. And then they ultimately don't, and then they abandon them the following week. And does that provide some value then to actually bet that team? And so we actually saw some butthurt signal from the Rams this year. And so, and this is one of the, one of the things that we're playing around with in our back-tested research. We're going to try and figure out, you know, a, a way to capture the requisite kind of threshold to pour that buy-sell signal, depending on the particular team's strength, because we think that threshold is going to change again relative to the broader market's perception of that team so we don't want to be too capricious about it but so if we look at this say we we use the rams threshold again a more public team we can see they were bet pretty heavy over the course of the season again for those who can't see the rams were pretty much bet uh they the, the rams pretty much received 15 to 20 sometimes 25 percent market support almost every yeah. week except for a handful of games. like i think 11 i count 11 out of 16 yeah is over 15 yeah that, that looks pretty fair the, this is pretty some of the highest bars we've mm -hmm. actually seen so far since we've been previewing teams but again so let's just 
test this butthurt strategy on the Rams 2020 season. Again, which gives you a forward-looking anticipatory signal on whether or not to bet the team the following week. So using, say, the 25% threshold of using a buy-sell signal. So say the team receives 25% support, loses. Everyone lost money. They're butthurt. The next week, you buy. So week four, 25% support, loss. Week five, cover. One and oh. Week six, 30% support. Loss, fail to cover. So now we got another high signal. Week seven, cover. Two and oh. Week eight, 25% support. Loss, fail to cover. It's a buy signal. Week 10, cover. Reno. Now we don't really get another buy signal till week 16. When you exceed that 25% support again, week 16, about 28% market support, loss, failed to cover, but hurt, betters. Buy signal, week 17, cover. Beautiful. It's beautiful. I mean, this is something we see again. Chart by chart by chart. Mm -hmm. This is something we're going to be back testing. We're going to have this sort of signal set on our Sportfolio Kings platform this year. You can just see how attractive this strategy can potentially be. This is just one year. Again, we're going to be back testing this, these types of strategies all the way back to 2003 um, or all the way back to 2013, excuse me. Uh, so we can really, you know, produce some sustainable, non-noisy kind of future strategies to position around teams on a week-by-week -week basis relative to broader market uh, expectations. Yeah, I think that sounds uh, spot on. Um, <laughs> the phenomenon of- so, What were your, some, some of your takeaways though from, from the Rams? So we looked at this kind of yeah. quantitatively from the market expectations. We haven't talked at all about fundamentally about the team. And actually that's what makes this strategy so impressive, so potent mm. is it's, this it doesn't matter even who the Rams are playing. And again, that's one of the reasons we talked about this on a previous pod, why we don't even have who they're playing on here because it doesn't matter. In fact, that's just noise. That's in fact, when you see the teams who they're playing, that's how you actually take yourself off the strategy because mm. then you start to think you're smarter than what the strategy and the systematic aspect of this is. You start to bring in noise. Mm. Yeah, well, I sell this, you know, the, the strategy is telling me to buy or sell here, but yeah, I mean, this is not a good, this is not a good spot. Well, you're, you're saying the same thing that the market's saying. That's why the market's doing what it's doing because they're all thinking the same thing as you. <laughs> That's true. But yeah, so let's, let's dive into the fundamentally Rams in 2020. So, so 2020, I think pretty obviously the recap, you know, front and center is Jared Goff being the Achilles heel of this team, at least so I think Sean McVay thinks and or is using as a buffer for his own protection. Um, and obviously they upgraded quarterbacks, assuming he's healthy with a Matthew Stafford. But, you know, last year, um, you know, Goff was not great. He kind of showed some regression. And I think the offense was just not potent. 
And obviously, the offensive line not being as good as it was a couple years ago with Gurley at his peak is not beneficial. And honestly, I think the biggest thing that we saw last year is, is Sean McVay's offensive scheming? I think he's still a good head coach, but is his offensive scheming actually ahead of the curve anymore or has the NFL caught up? So if you look at someone like comparable, let's say like a young coach like Shanahan for the 49ers, it seems like every year, it doesn't matter who's even his quarterback or his offense. Mm -hmm. Like he finds a way to make it work and it's always, always does what it's supposed to do. Whereas McVay's like the first year, first two years, most points in the NFL, you know, looking awesome. But then remember the collapse down the stretch in the Super Bowl year. Is that closer to where Sean McVay's gimmick starts to kind of like dry up now that the NFL's caught up to what he does? Yeah, and, and that's where I think last year the offense kind of showed its true colors is half the NFL that has decent defenses started to figure out what McVay likes to do. And so eh, half of the games, mm -hmm. they're not going to have a potent offense. And yeah. my but question the, is, does that carry over this year? Is, is, has the league caught up to Sean McVay or did the league catch up to what Sean McVay was trying to do with Mm. a underwhelming quarterback in Jared Goff. Point. So like, I think that's what this year is going to determine. And we're going to see that pretty clearly since Jared Goff's now on the Lions. And now there is no excuse for Sean mm. McVay to not get the best out of his offense since he has what many believe to be, you know, a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback in the prime of his career mm. who may actually be much better, in fact, than many people, than, you know, than maybe, you know, his past record with the Lions would really suggest. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, that's a good this point. Is going, this is going to show a lot. Um, Rams run game struggled in the beginning of, of the year last year, pretty much all the way until the end. Cam Akers then started to really show up maybe in the latter half of the season, especially so in the playoffs. He'd gone for the year. Yeah. So non-factor now they're kind of left with daryl henderson um and a couple of no names in, in the backfield um but let's look at let's go let's move on to and look at some of the stats from 2020. yeah so if we look at the 20, stats um second yeah like i said i mean the offense was 22nd you know third down conversion average penalties not great giveaways not great but you know obviously there'll, there'll be some regression there or you know improvement i you know the, the 23 points to me is a big disappointment, you know, and, and it really makes me concerned that I f it's either it was either golf or Sean McVay, probably a combination of both. And so I think we should see we're going to see an improvement this year from that 23 points per game, likely. So I think defenses will be improved across the NFL just because of Stafford, right? So how many more points does Stafford add to this team? Obviously, assuming other variables. Um, you know, I, I think this offense will probably be in the top, definitely the top 15, probably the top 10, maybe the top five, especially if Stafford gets in sync early. So, you know, you're looking at 27 to 29 points per game, probably, I would I would speculate, um, which is a stark improvement, which is why I think, you know, not to get ahead of us, not to get ahead of ourselves, it's why I think if the Bucks falter in the NFC, I do think Rams is a dark horse to get back to the Super Bowl if Stafford is healthy. So, and it's really just because of the offensive improvements. 
but good. What do you, what do you think about? Well, being- I think it's, it's even beyond the offensive improvements. I think again, the scheme, the scheme is going to change. Mm-hmm. So we look at the, again, the offense rush percentage, 44 and a half percent, seventh. But this team was running the ball more than a majority of the league. And that's because you had Jared Goff as your quarterback, who progressively got worse yep. over since the 2018 year. And we know when he was a rookie, he Awful. looked like he didn't even belong in the league. He looked like one of possibly one of the biggest busts ever. He, he looked he like looked yeah. terrible. He looked like Ryan Leaf bust level, like just from like oh, yeah. talent. Maybe worse. Maybe yeah. worse. It was, it was bad. And so you could, again, make the argument that Sean McVay is such a genius that he was able to make Jared Goff look good for a few years. Yeah. And now again, like the magic only lasted for so long. You can only make Jared Goff look good for so long. Mm. I mean, we know, like we saw plenty of times watching the games, you know, Jared Goff basically just staring into oblivion mm-hmm. at the defense pre-snap. And just listening to Sean McVay call the play yeah. in the helmet until, you know, that until the recording kind of cut off and then he would start to do something. Um, but it was almost like he just did not have the football IQ to really do anything. And then his actual skill set could, you know, kind of continually got more and more exposed. Yeah. We already know he was one of the worst quarterbacks in the league under pressure. His average depth of target completely fell off since 2018. So the Rams were actually one of the, the teams that threw the ball the 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 shortest downfield mm. over the course of, of last year. So they're like 30th, 31st mm. in, in the league. Now that's like the complete opposite of what we saw in 2018 from the Rams. Yeah. Basically, like the 2018 Rams was the complete inverse of what we saw from the 2020 Rams. And this was almost a run, not run first because everyone is pass first in the league now, but relatively speaking, again, seventh and running. This team was relying more on the run than almost any other team. Mm. And they didn't even have a great run game. It's because they were trying to take the ball out of Goff's hands. Of course they had, you know, some also some, some injuries, you know, at the wide receiver spot. Cooper Cup was like in and out. Um, you know, they had some tight end injuries and et cetera. Well, what I think, and I think what's interesting is, you know, it got to the point where at the end of the season last year, didn't Sean McVay literally want to start John Wofford, the like third string yeah. quarterback, but then he got hurt and he had to and put golf hurt. back in? Yeah, the, no, the, that's that's actually a really good point is, I mean, yeah, well, first of all, Wofford's the one who got them. Wolford was the first one well, that got them into the playoffs. Yeah. I bet. Remember, they I bet this team wasn't a slam dunk to get into the playoffs. They yeah. had to win, yeah. like that last game. Hmm. Um, and then yeah, Wolford would have. Yeah, I mean, Jared Goff was almost an afterthought even at the very end of last year. Yeah. Which actually, real quick to kind of tally into that is, it actually shows. So let's give Sean McVay some credit for that. Is you know, forget allegiances. It's it's really Bill Belichickian, if you can coin that. Is okay. I've had this quarterback three four years. We made it to a Super Bowl. We threw fifty touchdowns year two or whatever it was. He doesn't have it. He like 
I can't I can't get back with him with his team. So let me move on to this guy who can do more dynamic stuff with his legs and open things up in a different way. Like I don't. Why am I having any allegiance to anybody? Like the game's about to about winning. It's about positioning. I do not care about your feelings or your ego. Point blank. How do I win? I win with this guy, not you. Oh, let's get rid of him. Let's trade him for Stafford. Boom, done. Like so. So to McVay's credit. I think he's demonstrated an evolution of not being afraid to roll with the punches in a way that benefits how he wants to, to game plan uh, for his team. So that that to me shows me he's smart, right? He's not he's not a uh, what Dan Quinn type he's guy. He's not going to fall victim to the sunk, sunk cost, mm -hmm. you know, fallacy yeah. of you know. We've invested in this player. He's been here, so let's just keep riding. No, like, if you got to make some tough, and the Rams have made a lot of, I don't know if they've been tough decisions, but they've definitely mortgaged their future in several years of draft picks mm -hmm. for the players that they have on their team today. So they are invested, fully committed to winning today. They have, the, they have the team. They've traded away a lot of their future. Yeah. And they've spent a lot of money on these players as well. So they're not going to have salary cap to really move on from what the team is today. And they're not going to have draft picks to really otherwise reconstruct the roster from a youth perspective. This is what they want. This is who they're riding, mm. you know, moving forward. And it seems like they're, they're you know, pretty well set up for success. Like, so if we move on to the 2021 offseason, obviously we talked a lot about Matthew Stafford, obviously the, the, the main offseason season addition also added Sean Jackson losses a lot of losses on the defensive side of the football especially John Johnson Troy Hill in the secondary also this team was gutted from a coaching perspective yeah lost coaches just here there everywhere well and, and so they've been almost, they've been losing coaches since Sean McVay coaches, uh right. one, you know got to the Super Bowl or no I think the year before he was already losing coaches so yeah. it, it it really is going to, I think... Not like, a lot of continuity from the coaching staff perspective. Yeah, I mean, but they did get Raheem Morris this year uh, to replace defensive coordinator, I believe. Uh, shoot, what's his name? Staley. Yeah, uh, Staley, which went to, the, what, Chargers? Is that where we're at? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Which I, I think he's going to be a nice fit there. But, um, yeah, I mean, Raheem Morris has proven himself as a defensive coordinator, I think, like, multiple times with the Falcons when Dan Quinn, like, fired himself then got really fired or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, you know, I think the defense is thin in places, obviously, but they seem to always find a new guy to fill in those other spots because Donald and Ramsey take so much, so much pressure. Yes. Um, the, the one thing I'm thinking about, though, is we were off on the Rams last year, too, in, in mm -hmm. predictions because, you know, we went we bet the Rams under mm -hmm. last year. And one of I, I remember one of our biggest concerns was the defense actually? Yeah. Was, uh, and that turned out to be their strength, and, and that surprised a lot of people. You know that the, the Rams' defense was actually not supposed to be their strength, and it turned out to really be a, a, mm -hmm. a tremendous strength, one of the best in the league. And you're definitely going to see some regression there for sure, specifically because they played a lot of, you know. Uh, not great offenses yeah. last year. So that definitely helped. Plus, now they've lost a lot on the defensive side from a coaching staff perspective, including DC, as we talked about, and also some pr some pretty key personnel. Mm. And then there's also players like Leonard Floyd, 
who I was always bullish on. I don't know why the Bears kind of got rid of him, but they didn't like what they saw from him. And now, and he had a great year last year, 10 and a half sacks. And also, you know, just he was constantly like making some pretty big impact plays. He got paid hmm. in the offseason. You know what happens when and that I don't happens. know if that now kind of reverts back to kind of like what the Bears mm. kind of were seeing from him. Didn't want to invest in him. He had one good year. Now he's gotten paid. Does he kind of... I would not be surprised if you see some pretty heavy reversion specifically from Leonard Floyd. Now, again, lost John Johnson, Troy Hill, and the secondary. Those were some of their best players. Mm. So does that wear on Jalen Ramsey as well? And again, you're missing your DC as well. So there's a lot of moving mm-hmm. pieces there. Also, the, the team from the defensive side of the ball was per, was outstandingly healthy mm. from a defensive side of the ball. So does that variable kind of reverse course? That's a good point. I I would not be surprised if the Rams defense is in the bottom half of the league this year. Hmm. Because it's a reversion. I don't think we were dead wrong in our expectations for the Rams going into last year. Mm. We turned out to be wrong on the field, but from a more broader kind of macro position, and now the defense is worse. The defense is worse. It's not set up to be yeah. better than it was last yeah, year. Yeah. It was like so it outperformed our expectations yeah. last year. Now, I think it's gonna be closer to what our expectations were last year, yeah. which was that it was going to be a weakness of this team. Yeah, well, and especially, and, and- Kind of to your point, especially when so much emphasis is is put into the Ramsey and Donald boat, which seems yes, to be even that's more what, so that's this what, year. That's what our narrative of, was last year. Yeah. That's what our narrative was last year. This defense is led by Donald Ramsey, this Donald Ramsey kind of duo, and like everyone's ignoring everything else. Yeah. And the everything else turned out to be stronger than we thought. But now that everything else is weaker. Yeah. And I also think we're just going to see some bo- just basic reversion. But the, but the good thing is, in, in the macro kind of scheme of the Rams' view, is if their offense is, you know, three to seven points better with Stafford, potentially, w- will it matter? Like, are the Rams a better team and a potentially bet-on team, obviously, depending on the line, this year because of that, you know? Yeah, I will, that, that's a very good point. And because the other things that we've talked about a lot is, I mean, in this league and the way and where we are, it's all about offense. You know, so you just need a defense that doesn't suck. Yeah. And is the offense better? Absolutely, the offense is going to be better. Absolutely. Goff was one of those very rare players who, so Sean McVay, again, is one of the brighter minds in football, for sure. He knows to call a lot of pre-snap motion, a lot of play action. But even that was not good enough to mitigate the overall kind of deficiencies of Jared Goff. Yeah. So, but, but this Rams team called those plays almost more than anybody. Mm. Whereas Matthew Stafford in the Lions used pre-snap motion and play action some of the fewest times in the league. But when they did, Stafford was elite when operating under those conditions. Mm. So now you're gonna put a player who 
didn't get the benefit of pre-snap motion play action passing, but when he did, he exploited it to its full potential. Now he's going to be in an environment with a sharp coach who knows when to use that. So Stafford, I would not be surprised at all if Stafford has one of his best years ever. But you got to have a good offense in the league this year. So I don't think like just having a good offense is not going to be good enough because that's standard. Yeah, in the league, and, and, the and quarterbacks, I agree. Like the defenses probably will be better though. Like quarter, just across the league. Yeah, yeah, and it seems like the quarterbacks are getting better. Like in the past, there was only like five, what five, ten quarterbacks that were worth anything, and now it seems like you know you have some. It gets pretty deep in some places. Uh, I think the rookies are getting better as they come in overall. Um, you know the high picked uh, rookies, but if we if we look at the schedule for the Rams, because obviously it's kind of like the final touching point of kind of how the season might go. Um, their schedule starts out with uh, a Bears, Colts, Bucks, Cardinals, Seahawks stretch. So, you know, they could start out a little rough, maybe a three and two, two and three type start, depending how a couple of those games swing. Um, but from there, they seem to kind of have a much easier stretch. They played Giants, Lions, Texans in a row. So, I mean, this team should definitely be over 500 at the halfway point. Um, then they go into Titans, San Francisco, then they get their buy. Their buy is in a nice spot, you know, week yeah, 10, week 11. Uh, then they play Green Bay rematch from the playoffs, Jacksonville Cardinals, Seahawks, Vikings, and finish with Ravens 49ers. So it's, it's a what 13th ranked, uh, strength of schedule estimation. Anything you're seeing as far as how you think the season might play out from a kind of game flow of the season? Um, well, I think you got some clear kind of clusters of games that are either easy or tough. So I feel like it starts off. I mean, I guess the Colts now with the Wentz injury, that's probably not a bad time to play the Colts this yeah, week too. That's a good point. Um, Jacob, I personally Jacob like Eason. the Bears. Ooh. Yeah, Jacob. Well, I mean that that line I is like the Bears from a spread perspective. Yeah, that line's pretty high. Yeah, and no, no one's um, gonna want to bet Andy Dalton going against Aaron Donald. So just FYI. Yeah. Well, and too, I mean, again, like the Bears defense, the Bears coaching staff knows Matthew Stafford. Play him twice a year, for the last you know three four years. You know, like with the with this coaching staff and Nagy. Um, so well familiar. The defense is familiar mm-hmm. with Stafford. Um, so I think there is some edge there um and two it's the first game of the season i mean a whole touchdown like again that that touchdown only makes now that we just talked about it being a touchdown favorite to me only makes sense if the rams defense is as good as it was Mm -hmm. last year Mm -hmm. and if we're saying we don't think it is it's going to get to that kind of like 15 ranked defense type mark then yeah i mean the seven points that's that's a lot of points um, mm-hmm. I mean, again, it's it's pricing in a lot of expectations. Yeah. A lot of previous expectations from last year. Yeah. It, it's basically saying nothing can go wrong. No. And the Rams are going to be exactly who we thought they are mm-hmm. going to be. And the Bears are are just bad. Stink. And Bears stink. sucks. Yeah. And, and you got to remember, in the beginning of the season, like some teams are bad like to start the season. But teams that have some consistency and kind of know what they want to do, even if it's not like amazing like the Bears... 
you know, they still tend to be competitive. Like last year coming into the season, Rams played the Cowboys. Like, you know, Cowboys weren't supposed to win that game, I think. And the Cowboys actually played like pretty decent on defense. And I think it was a low scoring game. You know, it was just like, you know, I, I just don't see this. Um, ah, this team stinks. So the first game of the season, they're going to they're going to suck. Jags Colts. Yeah, Week Jags one. Colts. I mean, you know, Jags defense just didn't have the talent last year. And but it didn't matter because offense was ready to play. Uh, Gruden had a great game plan for the offense. I think it was Jake Gruden was the offense coordinator. And yeah, Minshew played well, like the first game of the season. So, yeah, so, so, but from, from my, uh, you know, again, I wouldn't actually be surprised the Bears win that one straight up, but, you know, and then going into the Colts week two, that's nice. Week three, uh, Bucks. The rematch. And then you got, so you got Bucks, Cards, Seahawks. That's like a tough cluster mm -hmm. of games. Then you got an easier cluster of games. And you got Giants, Lions, Texans. Three no. And that should be That's three no. I mean that's I think Lions, Texans legit are probably the two worst teams yeah. in the NFL. Yeah. With Jets. And you're not off market by saying that. No, I'm not, but uh, I mean it's just Yeah. Well, no, and, and we see it, for those who can see it on the screen, I mean, almost double digit favorites versus the Lions and the Texans. Yeah. And then you got a cluster of games that is tough. Like Titans, Niners, Packers. Hmm. So I'm the Vegas estimated wins 10 and a half. Now here, it's just pricing in a lot. It's pricing in again, the, the, also this team stays healthy. Now I think this is going to be way more 2018 Rams. The type of team that needed to outscore their opponent, like, um, you know, cause there's going to be fireworks. Hmm. And I think Stafford and this Rams offense is going to be very potent. I think uh, again, as long, as long as they stay, they stay healthy. I think McVay Stafford dynamic is going to breed a lot of success. But I think the defense is going to take, take a meaningful step back. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and so they're going to need to score a lot of points to win games. And I think, you know, they probably will. Um, but I think scoring 30 is not always going to necessarily get them wins this coming season. Hmm. So 10 and a half, I probably lean under. It's tough to say. Well, the problem I have with the 10 and a half is, is I think it all depends how you see the division playing out. Um, are I mean, Seattle is consistently a nine to twelve win team, right? San Francisco, if healthy, we know what they can do. Their defense has not been very well, healthy. The, the Seahawks, I was reading today, the Seahawks have won more than nine games, nine or more games, ever since they've had Russell Wilson. Exactly, and I mean, he he really is a magician. So, you know, Cardinals. I think Cardinals are going to be better than they were last year. I really, I don't, I don't think they can be worse than last year because they're very inconsistent. They're very much like an eight and eight type team, but I feel like they're either better than that or they're eight and eight again, right? Like there's not really a lot of downside. Like, oh, they get, you know, they're a five win team. They're always going to give you a battle. Yeah. So the division's tough. So, and three of those games are late in the season. So it, to me, it's a toss up to how competitive the division actually really is. Um, but Seattle doesn't have a lot of upgrades, which we'll get to in the next stream. Um, and pod, but 
you know, San Francisco's battling a lot of defensive injuries again, and they have a quarterback battle issue. So, like, this could be a year where Seattle has a little bit of, like, they're not much better than they were last year, and San Francisco's, like, figuring out who their future franchise QB is. And so yeah. the pathway to the Rams might actually end up proving to be easier in the division than the market thinks. So to me, it's either an over or you don't play it. Is is mm -hmm. how I would, especially because we are bullish. Rams on, from broke. We are bullish on McVeigh and Stafford, the two most important pieces. So for that reason, I don't think I could play it under here. Yeah, I mean, I would say I would lean under. I don't know if you know that's a bet I would necessarily strongly make. But again, when we kind of release our overall perspectives on all teams as we you know between the end of the preseason and the kickoff i'm thinking again and we'll see there's still a lot of time to play there it could be major injuries in the preseason you know that totally you know redictate our overall orientation of this team and any and any team i would say i definitely lean under the 10 and a half today august 8th um but i think the best case scenario from a division perspective is to your point the, the Niners are kind of like figuring it out this year. The defense isn't going to be as good as, as it was in 2019. I don't care if they do stay healthy. Not right. even the same defense, per se. Um, they don't even have the same D DC. There's a lot of been coaching staff turnover mm -hmm. there. So I think for anybody who thinks that the Niners are just going to like revert back to form of 2019 is delusional. Uh, there's more hiccups on the offense, of course. Mm -hmm. Like this is no longer Jimmy G's. Like it's no longer decisively his team. It's not. It's not his. Team. No, I, all reports sound like I wouldn't be surprised if they trade him right now and Trey Lance starts Week One. Yeah, uh, that I'm. Yeah, it's. It seems like those are the reports more and more. And I mean, when you when you trade up, you mortgage again your future, hmm. and you draft a quarterback number three. I mean, what are you? The writing, what are you doing? The writing's on the wall. Yeah, it's. Yeah. So I mean, for Jimmy G, like. I don't, I don't know what they're what they're doing here. So yeah, there's just at at minimum you have that like weird kind of dynamic in the quarterback mm -hmm. room. Like I guess I'm like a fill-in, like I'm a, a you know a lame duck quarterback for the team this year, I guess. And I'm just like playing for my own kind of standalone future kind mm -hmm. of contract with another team or something. Mm -hmm. um, and then again, like the the the, the wide receivers have been you know to stay healthy as well uh the running backs they always have you know a whole fleet of pretty potent running backs with a strong offensive line but they've kind of always been banged up over the last couple of years not just last year um so ba basically what i'm saying is i feel like the niners are going to underperform and if the cardinals do underperform as well and the seahawks continue to be limited by pete carroll's obsession with running the ball i don't know if that's going to be the case I, that's it's like hard to think like i feel like russell wilson made enough yeah, of I, an issue in the off season mm -hmm. that it was basically like this aaron Rodgers type thing yeah. like either you're going to trade me and i'm going to make your life hell or you're going to start doing what i want you to start doing yeah and maybe the seahawks said all right you know we're going to start doing what, what you want to do and he obviously wants to pass so it's like it's hard to think that the the, the Seahawks are going to go back to more or less what Pete Carroll wants to do. But if they do, then that so basically that side of divisional setup 
is perfect for the Rams to go over the ten and a half. Yeah, yeah, I, I like. But I do think the Seahawks will be stronger than than that. Yeah, I mean, I, I like what you what you described, and and I think actually there might be even more value to consider um, Rams to win the NFC. Like I've talked about with other teams in the NFC, I, yeah. I think mm-hmm. the NFC mm-hmm. runs through Tampa, and it's going to come down to Tampa and Tom Brady's health ultimately, probably. But you know, if you can get Rams in the NFC Championship game, that's actually probably my favorite matchup is a is a Bucks Rams NFC Championship type matchup. Um, so if you get if you get those teams in, in the game, you're getting plus what four hundred plus six hundred whatever it is. You know, I think that's a great. A great spot to be in uh, position wise. Yeah. yeah. Well, again, the, the last thing I'll close on with the Rams is I don't love the wide receivers. I don't love the wide receivers. I think Stafford can, I mean, Stafford has made do with some pretty yeah. questionable wide receivers over the year, especially just due to the injuries that the Lions wide receiver crew has usually had. Um, but, you know, I love Cooper Cup, but can he stay healthy? Robert Woods, this is ninth year in the league. Deshaun I mean, Jackson, Jackson is injury prone. Yeah, Deshaun Jackson, like fourteenth year in the league. He's like, like sixty-five years old and runs a four-three. Yeah, two-two yeah. Atwell. They draft in the second round. Like he's already had like a bunch of questionable issues over the course mm-hmm. of the offseason. Yeah. He ran into a pole, got knocked out. He a pole. like, <laughs> yeah, in 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 practice. Um, you know he's uh uh you know, posted like the Rams playbook inadvertently on Instagram. The dude's like five, nine, you know, he's like this Tavon Austin type mm, player who that wasn't successful experiment. Oh, terrible. Um, so, and Tutu Atwell wasn't even that successful at Louisville. No. So I, I don't know. I mean, again, maybe Sean McVay can kind of squeeze some juice out of there. I'm not optimistic. I think the wide receivers is like, eh, We'll kind of see. Um, again, it's not, it's not terrible. I just feel like there's vulnerabilities in there that you know could cause some cracks. Yeah, um, that's fair. Okay, I think that wraps up today's episode on the Rams. Be sure to like and subscribe. Check out the Sportfolio Kings platform at sportfoliokings.com. Uh, we're going to be releasing again some of this original plus EV market oriented research. We're going to have that custom market signals dashboard help you make your picks on a week-to-week basis. We're also going to have some of these buy-sell signals that we talked about earlier in the episode and and pretty much on a team-by-team basis here uh, that can really provide some really interesting, you know, uh, uh, kind of signals on when to fade and and when to buy into teams on a week-by-week basis. Um, And we'll also be providing our managed portfolios where we'll show you the teams that we're picking and leaning into and and where we think there's value on a week by week basis. And we'll be providing that for free all season long. Uh, So like we opened up with this ain't your daddy's sports betting. Uh, So we're going to help you kind of get out there uh, and take your bookie to the woodshed all season long. And as always, King me.